And now, your host of the We Never Play the Game podcast, Zach Klein and Jeff Schultz. The Atlanta Falcons, NFC champions, on to Super Bowl 51. Going to Super Bowl, baby, you should be fired up. I'm, I don't know what to say, man. Have made this look awfully easy. Touchdown, Falcons! We're going to the freaking Super Bowl, man. It, it's, it's, it's incredible. Man, it's a dream come true for me. Yes, welcome into the We Never Play the Game podcast. Zach Klein, Jeff Schultz. Uh, a week ago, we were at the St. Regis. Today, uh, an equally impressive suite. <laughs> it is clean. It is spacious. We are at the home of one Jeffrey Schultz. We swept up the dog hair before you came in. Thanks for the hospitality. <laughs> Thanks for dinner. Oh, you're welcome. It was delicious. <laughs> yeah, there, when you grow up in California, you need to learn a few things. Number one, you need to learn how to attack a salad bar. Right. Usually you know that by the age of six. Uh, you need to know how to make a good guac. I hope you like the guac. The guac was delicious, yes. And, and in general, you learn how to make Mexican food. And you pretty much you do that all before your bar mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished. Everything was delicious, so thanks for everything. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, the last time I saw you was Sunday, shutting down the Georgia Dome. Do you still believe the way it went down, how it unfolded? You know, it, this has been a, a really interesting and fun season to follow. I, I, there was this sort of this build in the second half of the season uh, and after the bye, notwithstanding the Kansas City game, that's like, they're getting better. They're getting better. Nobody could stop them. I mean, nobody could stop them. Hell, they're getting better. They're still getting better. <laughs> and they weren't having any major injuries. And and granted, some of the teams they played in the second half weren't great, but it's like they were just destroying teams. And it's like you started to look at the playoff field, and it's like they're going to be at home. They can beat Seattle. They're going to be at home. They can beat Green Bay. You have to go to Dallas. That, you know, that would be a little bit of a challenge. But again, we talked before about we both had issues with Dallas and the fact that they were being led by two rookies. So I, I'm not totally stunned that they're here, given the way it built. But if you asked me back before the season started, um, would they be in the Super Bowl? I would have said no way. Again, I, I was very open. I thought they were a playoff team, but I, I thought they were probably the second, third, fourth best team in the conference. And it's just the way they're doing it. I think everybody's been waiting for Matt to fall off the cliff and come back to quote-unquote reality, but this is the reality in this Kyle Shannon offense. And I was looking back at his numbers, Jeff. You have to go back to the pick-two game against the Chiefs. That was the last time they lost. Right. That was the last time he threw an interception. Yeah. Since then, 18 touchdowns, zero interceptions, and in the playoffs alone, over 700 yards through the air, seven touchdowns, zero interceptions. Yeah, they they'd be on an eight game winning streak right now if if not for that bizarre ending. Um and you know, we've talked about this before. I, I was on a couple of radio shows today and I, as I said, I mean if you would have told me before the season that Matt Ryan would throw 38 touchdown passes during the regular season and only 6 would go to Julio Jones. Right. And that Taylor Gabriel, a guy they picked up on waivers from the Cleveland Browns, another wonderful Browns move, <laughs> would have as many touchdown catches as Julio Jones. That is so huge because in the NFL, 
you could kind of get by with not really figuring teams out between the 20s. But once they get to the 20, the one thing about the NFL is every team generally has things they love to go to in the red zone. And if you could lock down on those things and make them do something they don't want to do, you have a very good chance to hold them to a field goal or, or whatever. When you throw touchdown passes to 13 different mm-hmm. guys during the regular season, um, that completely throws off defenses and what they can, what they're looking out Locking for you. Out. And that Locking, was that was yeah. a knock on Matt in the uh, offense at the beginning, like in the preseason, he was turning the ball over in the red zone. Right. We want Matt Schaub. Yeah. Get rid of yeah. Matt yeah. Ryan. Well, we mean, won't talk about those people. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just unbelievable. How oh, by the way, Matt Schaub's going back to Houston. Yes, Get, he is. Yeah. <laughs> He's going back. He's, he's brought a he's brought a Super Bowl to Houston. <laughs> <laughs> I think he probably feels pretty good, even if he doesn't take a snap. <laughs> uh, we'll be taking a look back at the NFC Championship game, the pounding of Green Bay, and then we're going to save a, a look ahead in, in a future podcast about the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots. So we're going to run some sound throughout the show today, take you back into the locker room. Uh, I had a chance to visit with Kyle Shanahan, who later in the week it's going to be a normal week for the Falcons. Um, they're off Tuesday. They will practice Wednesday, Thursday, and Shanahan will visit with San Francisco officials on Saturday. Uh, but here's what Shanahan had to say after the game and beating Green Bay. I mean, we've been doing it all year. The guys have been loose. They weren't tight at all. Uh, they play the same way they do in practice. We've got a special group of guys, a lot of high character. Nothing's too big for any of them, and it's good of a group as I've been around. Sounds like your uh, quarterback kind of silenced the uh, doubters and haters once again, didn't he? Uh, he's the man, and he didn't have to do that. He's been the man his whole career, but he only gets better, so really happy for him. Very happy for him. Bill Belichick saying today on a conference call when looking at this Falcons offense, what uh, overall, somebody asked him, what stands out the most? And he said, team speed. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, And Belichick will have his focus on shutting down Julio, who could not be shut down in the Packer game. What, 180? Nine catches? T- two touchdowns? Right. Um, plenty of love going on right now for uh, the Falcons, Jeff. And, and just looking back at, at the Packer game, they were as balanced as they wanted. Um, you know, Matt was picking them apart and the offense was rolling. You know, they made it look easy and he had time to throw. I will want to see what happens with Alex Mack. He's not probably going to practice this week with his ankle, but you, right. know, you mentioned health. That's like the only thing that's knocking this team is, you know, but then again, they'll have two weeks off between games. Yeah, I mean, the Mac, the Mac injury is a little bit of a concern. Um, we weren't really sure what to think about it because after he got hurt in the game, he, he only came out for two plays and went right back in. So unless this was another injury late in the game, um, obviously you can have the week off. It's a soft it's a so- soft tissue injury, so he will have it in the game. But he plays center. Mm-hmm. So while to some degree you have to have some leverage, it's not like he's going out and running an out pattern or, right. or, <laughs> or post. I think he'll be okay. Uh, it's not really going to affect his speed, <laughs> really. Um, so I, he'll be fine. He'll play, he'll tape it up. He'll do whatever he has to do. Rub magic liniment on it. He'll <laughs> bite down on a bullet and a couple protein bars. He'll right. Okay. He's fine. <laughs> Everybody's talking about the offense and deservingly. So, you know, he scored 44 points in the NFC championship game, but defensively, Jeff, if I were told you before the game that they would shut out Aaron Rodgers for 35 plus minutes, crazy, right? You would never believe me. No, no, not at all. Again, I, 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 I did not believe that the Packers would be able to keep up with the Falcons, assuming the Falcons didn't turn the ball over. But no, you just assume Aaron Rodgers is going to make plays. I talked to somebody before the game, a high-ranking Falcon official. I said, um, what can you do? What, show me something to, to watch out for. And he said, he said, trying to keep Aaron in the pocket, trying to control him. He goes, but you can't do it the whole game. Right. You just can't do it. He's going to get out there. He's going to get outside and he's going to make plays. And we have to make more plays than them. 
Well, and Brian that, Poole's making plays. I mean, yeah. he goes from an undrafted rookie yeah. to making some just punishing hits on Rodgers. He, he was he, in his face all game. He, and th- He had two blitzes where he just destroyed Rodgers um, right after throws. Um, and I'm sure those injuries added up, um, or those, those hits added up. Again, we talked about it. it was their third playoff game, second straight week on the road for Green Bay. Um, Rodgers has been taking a beating. Uh, he's really been holding that team up to some degree. Uh, I, we really don't know if Jordy Rogers and or, or Jordy, Jordy Nelson, Nelson and those guys really were at full strength. Obviously, the Packers had some injuries on the on defense. Also, I'm sure Green Bay fans and some people are going to make that as a, as an excuse. I don't think it, the game wasn't even close. Um, so even if Green Bay could have made a little bit more of a game, the Falcons were clearly the better team, much like they were against Seattle. Here's Jonathan Babineau and Jake Matthews discussing the win. I'm just in the moment right now. I'm just Taking it all in, man. Taking it all in. Taking it all in. All the hard work in the decade plus in the league. When the clock read zero, what was the first thing that went through your head? Just happiness, relief. You know, um, finally reaching that milestone. When can you sense, man? This was it. I think right around that two-minute warning, we started to lose it. Yeah. What was being said? We're going to the freaking Super Bowl, man. It, it's, it's, it's incredible. It really is. That will live with me forever. <laughs> Jake Matthews saying we are going to the freaking Super Bowl. What, is he third year? Is that what he's is? His third year in the league? Something like that? And yeah. his dad was like needed nearly like, what, 18 years or something to make the biggest game yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. Cool moment for him. I'm really happy for Babineau, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, his guy's been in the league for, what, 12 years, I, I think. And, and uh, it's uh, the most tenured player on the, on the roster. Um, he's, this could be his last season, honestly. And uh, it's to, to go out like this or just to finally get have this moment at the end of his career is pretty neat. And he's, he's always says the right things, Jeff. You know that. He's very, uh, you know, on the field, he's a warrior. But in the locker room, he's very calm, very <laughs> yeah. calculated. You know, he basically says the same thing. He's like the Matt Ryan of defense. He says the same thing, whether it's week four or week 14 uh, in, in speaking with him. That's why I was trying to let him, you know, man, loosen up, baby. You're just going <laughs> to the Super Bowl. You know you know what? I, I talked I, much after most of the locker room had cleared out. I was getting ready to walk out and I happened to walk by and he was still there. I said, how you doing? He goes, oh, I'm okay. I said, did you cry? Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, no, I'm still too numb. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I mean, good for him. It's, I think he was just still, you know. You think pro- about all the training camps, all the injuries, you know, all the medicine, all oh, the yeah. shots, everything yeah. you needed well, to stay and upright. You, and you talk, I mean, he's been, again, he's been here since 2005. So he's been here through the extreme ups and extreme downs of this franchise. And I think just... The enormity of that moment, uh, you know, obviously the pinnacle is winning the Super Bowl, but you, your dream is just to get to the Super Bowl and then, and then have that chance. Um, and so, yeah, I'm sure he probably was just numb. <laughs> Here's Julio after the game. Uh, interesting response when I ask him this. You played like you did today, Julio. You got Super Bowl champs. Um, yeah, yeah, I would say so. You know, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter about who we playing or what they're doing. It's all about us. When we go out there and we don't have any mistakes, you know, uh, things setting us back, most definitely. I agree with him, Jeff. You know what was going through his mind when he asked that question? Am I, what, am I totally honest with Zach? Yeah, yeah. What would Nick Saban want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> Nick told me. Nick told me never say anything, and now this guy's trying to trap me into a Super Bowl prediction. I, he's right, though. I like him. If the Falcons' offense 
performed like they did. Nearly 500 yards of total offense, five touchdowns can, uh, total from Matt Ryan, and the defense right. can shut out a team for 35 plus minutes. They will be Super Bowl champions. So no, I like his honesty. No, yeah. I, obviously, the question is, will they be able to do that right. against New England? Yeah. So I think he was safe in saying that. Yeah, if we have 500 yards and we score how many points they scored, good for him. Yeah. Uh, if it's just, it's boggling my mind that this is the first Super Bowl for the Falcons since the 1998 season. And in that span, since the last time Atlanta was in the NFL's biggest game, New England has won four Super Bowls. You were at that game in 98. Where were you the moment you heard about Eugene Robinson? <laughs> And what unfolded? Yeah, well, let's back it up a little. The Falcons didn't handle that whole week very well, I think. Um, you go back to media day. Uh, who was it? The, uh, the defensive back that was wearing a dog collar. Ray Buchanan. Ray Buchanan was wearing a dog collar. A lot of guys were clowning around. And, and, you know, granted, it's Super Bowl week and you want to have fun. But there was this sense of they might be enjoying it a little bit too much. Um, but back to your question, it was Saturday. It was the night before the game. Um I'd gone out to dinner with a bunch of people, probably had a couple glasses of wine with dinner. It was probably the only time I week, all week I drank anything alcoholic, really. And I was sitting, uh, whatever time it was, it was probably about 10 o'clock at night, really. Um, we were sitting at the hotel bar. I think I was nursing a beer or whatever. And uh, I remember I was sitting there with Jack Wilkinson, a friend of mine who worked for the paper at the time, and where the ESPN is up, the TV's down, but the sound is down, but we're just kind of half paying attention to ESPN and I can't remember what the the <laughs> the video was but there was a crawl that all of a sudden goes across the bottom of the screen that says Falcon safety Eugene Robinson was was arrested for solicitation of a undercover officer and did you know that moment then that it was over they would never win I knew that moment that I had to start working <laughs> <laughs> that was my first thought no my uh no not necessarily but I I think you know I mean, that would be news in any week of the season. Right. But you know the Super Bowl. I've done a lot of Super Bowls. There's so much media in town. And all week, everybody is just waiting for anything to jump onto like a vulture right. to turn into a big deal. Some this was a board, big deal. Yeah, this was beyond bulletin so this board was, material. No, yeah. yeah. This, and so this is a... And, and it was the night before the game. It was not like it was a Tuesday and yeah. they had... They could hide the guy and try to, you know sort of process things the rest of the week. It was the night before the game. And, you know, so what happened was he he was up all night. He was crying. He was consoled by his teammates. And uh, Dan Reeves was up much of the night. And we'll never really know if they would have gone on to win that game or not. But we do know he was beaten the second quarter for an 80-yard touchdown pass. We do know there was another play. He missed a tackle. Um, were, the, were the Broncos a better team? Probably. They um, they had certainly been on that stage before. The Falcons had not. But I think we a lot of people would have liked to have known what would have happened. Um, so, And speaking of Eugene Robinson, I, I actually talked to him mm -hmm. for a, a story that, that will be, uh, well, it's online now. Um, and it, it will be in Wednesday's AJC. And he was great. He uh, I actually spoke to him last year. He's a uh, sports uh, football analyst for the Carolina Panthers now. He does their radio stuff. And... Um, it's funny because what happened last year, uh, word leaked out, Joe Person, a friend of mine for the Charlotte Observer, had found out that before the Panthers left Charlotte to go to San Francisco for the Super Bowl, um, Eugene Robinson had asked Ron Rivera, the coach, for permission to address the team. And Ron was like, okay, it's not a bad idea, the mm -hmm. perils of Super Bowl week. 
And he gave this apparently really great impassioned speech. And, and Joe found out about this, asked Ron Rivera about it in a press conference. And I thought, wow, I didn't know that. And I was going to make a little nugget out of nugget out of it. And then, um, half hour later, we're kind of milling around this, this San Jose hotel where the Panthers were. And there's Eugene Robinson off in the corner. And I go up to him, a couple other people. Next thing you know, there's like 20 people around him, including right. two or three camera crews. And um, he handled it very well. And I thought, okay, I, he, he said stuff. He, he, he manned up. He was very courageous. It was a very courageous thing he did talking about it. And um, I thought that was it. And then kind of on a whim today, I decided to call him. And, uh, and, and straight to voicemail or did he answer? I, he answered straight. I almost expected to go to voicemail right. or when he picked up the phone and saw, heard it was me just to say, look, man, I got nothing to say. I said, right. that's, and I was going to say, fine. I completely sure. understand. Um, but what I led with was first I said, look, I was there last year. I really admired the way you handled that situation. I said, I really don't want to keep going back over this. I said, but you know, Dan Quinn's first press conference of Super Bowl week, somebody, somebody's asking about that moment about you being arrested the night before the game and, and the impact. I said, how do you feel about that? Are we ever going to get past this? And he goes, you know what? He goes, I'm not mad. He said, first thing he says, is, I'm not going to run and hide from it. That's the landscape I created. And at that moment, he almost didn't have to say anything the rest of the interview. We could have just talked about the game. But he, I asked a couple of questions, and he was willing to talk about it, and he was really good. Um, I got news for you, Zach. People think I'm crazy. I think every new Super Bowl team should bring this guy in to yeah. talk to them. Um, I Because I asked him, I said, what was it you told the Panthers last year? And by the way, Panthers handled the week very well. And we could talk about how Cam Newton handled the postgame, but they were very good that week. And he said, he said, I told them right now there's only one game that matters, one game that you covet. I got a chance to play in that game and win that game, but I blew it. I told them that. I told them don't blow it. I told them think of the guys on your team even higher than you think of yourself. Let that be your bond. Don't just think of yourself. Don't be one of those guys who jeopardizes their chance and makes a mistake. I'm proof of that. People are right to reference me. I mean, it's powerful. And that's one thing Quinn acknowledged when, when asked about it. He says, I, I know nothing will happen because of the brotherhood of the bond right. that one player will not let down another player because the ultimate prize is for the team. Right. But you could also say, if I were to say, Jeff, there are 53 guys on this roster for the Falcons back in 1998. Who is the one guy that probably would not be out at 9, 10 o'clock the night before the a Super Bowl soliciting an undercover prostitute? You probably would have told me Eugene Robinson because wasn't he up for the NFL's Man of the Year? Not up for Earlier in the day, he accepted well, there you go. an award for Man of the Year. So you just, you just and, never and, know. And he was and, one of the acknowledged team leaders. So, I mean, sometimes things like this happen with uh, a guy who's injured and he's on the trip or a backup player, or, you know, and then it, again, because it's Super Bowl, Super Bowl week, it's a major story. All right, so for, for, the, for those of those uh, listening to this who are not familiar with the 98 team and Eugene, would he be like the equivalent of Matt Ryan? Like, would that be as shocking of something like that to happen? Well, that was a pretty good defense. That was a very good defense. So no, I'm talking about like the, the, the character of, of Eugene. Oh, um, I, okay, okay. I would say in terms of high profile, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I guess he was a guy everybody went to to talk to after. Mm-hmm. He was somewhat of a quarterback in the defense. I mean, he played safety. Right. Um, so he certainly was one of the leaders on that defense. But everybody, everybody was blown away. Everybody was so surprised. Like, they just couldn't believe this was happening less than 24 hours before the Super Bowl. He accepted the Man <laughs> of the Year award that day. That day, the day before the Super Bowl. So, um, and, and it was, you know, it's it's sad. It's unfortunate. Um, anytime you, 
there's a Super Bowl week coming up. People are going to say, don't do what Eugene Robinson did. Obviously, this week it figured to be a story again. Whether I called him or not, people were going to talk about it. Um, and he he's at peace with that and he accepts that. And he's, again, I, 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 I tip my hat to the guy. Kudos to him because I think he's handling it really well. Give me some storylines uh, you and I are looking forward to covering next week. Uh, one would think it's going to be 99.9% Patriots, and then, oh, yeah, Matt Ryan, the offense are pretty good. And we should, by the way, for the people listening, tell them that we are, for the first time, taking yes. this podcast on the road. We are on the road. <laughs> so, as long as I don't forget the gear. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah don't forget the microphones, no. please. I, the Falcons right now, they're, they're America's <laughs> team, aren't they? Well, they're, not, you, uh, they're uh, not the New England Patriots, right. so I think they are, uh, yeah, they are sort of America's team, uh, exclu- excluding... And you got uh, Boston columnists ripping Atlanta. Yeah, it's one guy. It's one guy. It's one guy. I know, but it's, 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 you know, it's starting, so many, right? There were so many people that wanted me... I can't begin to tell you how many times my phone blew up today with a phone call or a text and people on Facebook or on Twitter saying, yeah. respond to this guy, <laughs> slap my own daughter. <laughs> This needs a Jeff Schultz clap. And it's just like, Sierra, right. really? Yeah. Um, but it's like, you know what? Whatever. My, my only response, and I don't, Dan Shaughnessy, who wrote it, is if it's so great being in Boston where they won all these championships, right. why is everybody so miserable? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? The one guy who got busted for pulling the, uh, the, the, the fire alarm for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Oh, what, yeah. What, what oh, did he say? He like, said, he said, I'm dr- <laughs> I was drunk. I'm an idiot. I'm a paid. I'm a Patriots fan. That <laughs> walk is like, off. End end of story. Drop the mic. Drop the mic. <laughs> that way, that's my line. Yeah, that's your line. You were drunk. You're an idiot. You're a Patriots. No, I. You know, I. I yeah, I wasn't going to bite on that whole cheap pop thing. But, no. Um, back to storylines. Yes. Um, I really think physically, I mean talent wise, the Falcons are the better team. I say that knowing who Tom Brady is. Uh, I say that knowing where Bill Belichick is in history. Um, I think if you just go man for man, the Falcons are a better team. Um, the big, big, two big things they have going for them, the Patriots, are number one, they have a head coach who's been in this game six times, I believe, as a head coach. Mm. Um, right, this is his seventh uh, appearance. Right. Um, and they have a quarterback who's been in this game six times. And so... Um, the Falcons, zero. They have a, a handful of players who've been in the Super Bowl before. Uh, Dan Quinn has been there as an assistant before. Um, granted, the Falcons have handled the stage extremely well um, these past two weeks because we talked about before about how inexperienced they were, how most of the team had never been in a playoff game before. But this is a whole different world. You've got two weeks of buildup to one game. And when they land in San Francisco and they see the media really for the first time, somewhat Monday night, but certainly on Tuesday. Well, no, it'll be Monday night now because that's the night of the uh, Minute the, Maid Park. The uh, the media, uh, yeah, bash, the media day, yeah, the media day thing, which is now something else, is on a Monday night now. Mm-hmm. They'll see the enormity of this. They'll see people from MTV and is there still an MTV? <laughs> whatever, whatever is MTV now and Hispanic TV stations and, and all these people asking all these bizarre questions. And, um, that's I, the big question is how do they handle that? I'm not worried about the football aspect. I'm worried about the mental aspect. It's, it's to me, it's, it's the two quarterbacks. It's Brady going for a fifth ring. No one else has more than four. He could put it in the conversation of the greatest quarterback of all time. And then you have Matthew Ryan, who is just, 31 years old if he wins this game 
assuming he stays healthy for the next six or seven years, he's going to throw for over 60,000 yards. He's probably going to win the most valuable player award this year. He's going to have over 300 and something touchdowns. So then you get into the conversation with 60,000 yards and all these touchdowns and an MVP and a Super Bowl ring. Does he become a Hall of Famer? It's a fascinating thing that I'm looking for. The stage is just so huge. Um, and Matt's really impressed me with the way he's played in the postseason. Everybody was talking about before the Seattle game, Jeff. He's 1-4 in the playoffs. He lit up one of the best defenses in the National Football League. And right. then playing at home, another he, 338 yards and three, he, four he, touchdowns, he five outplay, touchdowns. He solo. outplayed the one guy everybody in the league was scared about because of what Aaron Rodgers had done. So he's he's outplayed two Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks in the last two weeks. I think he's, yeah, he would become just a second player in the history of the National Football League to beat three Super Bowl quarterbacks in one postseason. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and then Tom Brady. And who was the who's the terrific question? Who was the other one? I can't. You didn't come prepared. I didn't. <laughs> Somebody hit me up on Twitter, let me know. I read that somewhere. I lost track. Okay. Well, we'll try to have that answer next time. It's so when are you leaving for the Super Bowl? Uh Monday. I'll be going out there Monday. All right. Good. You? I'm gonna head out Sunday. I'll be there the entire week. Uh, I'm sure you I'll see you. I hope so. We have to do a podcast. <laughs> we have to do a podcast. Multiple podcasts. You take care of dinner reservations. You took, I, I you, will could, do you took care of dinner tonight. It was delicious. I'm thinking, uh, you know, it's on Cox, so let's go. Uh, let's oh, go absolutely. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll be working 18 hours a day. They can afford a good meal. You say steak. I say shrimp. lobster. Yeah, it's all lobster, good. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, always a pleasure, my friend. And uh, thanks for tuning in, folks, to the We Never Play the Game podcast. We'll see you next week from Houston, Texas, and Super Bowl 51. <laughs>